0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back with you again on the podcast. Again this week, and it's Christmas Eve. If you're listening to this on the Monday that it's released, it's Christmas Eve Monday, but it's also podcast day, so we're not going to let the day go by without releasing a podcast for you guys. I understand many of you may not listen to it today as you're celebrating with your families, or tomorrow you'll be celebrating Christmas frolicking in the wrapping paper that's strewn around your Christmas tree, as my wife likes to do and say. Uh, that's fine. I know you have all week, but I wanted to drop this one on you today because we've got a new year coming up. And when new years take place, everybody starts making uh, resolutions and and deciding to to make changes in their life. And people get optimistic and they get introspective. And uh, I wanted to help you because I truly believe that every year is designed to be greater than the year before. I honestly believe, as you know, if you've listened to me for any period of time, I honestly believe, according to the scripture, that God does not desire anything but increase for his children. And one of the ways that we know that we can increase is through knowledge of the truth. In fact, it's my belief that that is one of the main avenues, if not the main avenue, for increase in the life of any believer and i would base that thought on john 8:32 which says that you know the truth and the truth will make you free you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free only truth you know can make you free so if you're living in a place where you're absent of truth in a certain area of your life for example healing or prosperity or joy you will suffer the consequences of the revelation that you don't have or the revelation that you reject. That's important to understand. You will suffer the consequences of the revelation you don't have or the revelation you reject. If you're taking notes, that would be a good thing to write down today. You will suffer the consequences of the revelation you don't have or the revelation you reject. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you are a believer who has never been taught the truth about divine healing and the power of God to heal, then you will either accept sickness in your body as something that maybe came from God to teach you a lesson or something he's allowing to make you stronger. Or you'll just think, well, that's how life goes. You know, sometimes people get sick and we just, you know, we, we bear through it as, as much as humanly possible. But when you gain the supernatural revelation that Jesus is a healer, that you do not have to live in sickness and disease, that you can live in divine health and healing, and there's a power available to receive that, it changes the way you live your life. You don't live accepting sickness or attacks of the devil. You stand against them by faith, exercise your spiritual force and power, and drive them out of your life, your home, your family, whatever. But see, if you don't have that revelation, you'll suffer the consequences of Revelation that you don't have. Secondly, you suffer the consequences of revelation you reject. So there are people who will reject certain teachings from Scripture. For example, the prosperity message is a very, very controversial message. Um, And if you hear background noise, my kids are just getting extremely excited about Christmas and for the past couple of days have just been running around the house screaming at the top of their lungs. So if you hear anything, that's probably what it is. It also could be that we fed them far too much sugar. Anyway, um, you know, when you have a, a, a revelation that you've rejected, for example, many people Uh, reject the prosperity message as though it's um, false doctrine or it's something based out of greed or, you know, who knows what their thinking is, but they reject it. So as a result, they do not uh, stand in faith in God's system of seed time and harvest as we do. So we understand that seed time and harvest is a law. It's a principle that God instituted from the beginning of time that will never end that will never end that's genesis 822 it will never end as long as there's summer winter night and day hot cold you know as long as the earth remains there will be seed time and harvest so that's god's system that's not man's system and he's the one who created the system and then gave us the ability to interact with it as paul taught the corinthian church god gives seed to the sower and everything you do in life is a seed every action you take is a seed and we've been taught that even in inadvertently since we were little you know they'd always tell you things like this well if you want friends be friendly well that's a seed you're sowing friendliness into others and as a result you'll reap friends it's a seed time and harvest action and so uh, it's just God's system, but if you reject that, you know that you you believe that, you know we should give, you know just because it's our duty to give, or we should just give because you know, uh, you know we go to church and we're members of a church, or some people don't even believe they should give or need to give or have to give, and it's a, it's a mistake because it's uh, it's clearly taught in Scripture, but we give with an expectation to receive because that's God's system of seed, time, and harvest. So I don't give for nothing. I give with an expectation to receive. Bible says that if you give, it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will he cause men and women to come and give to you. That's Luke six thirty eight. If God gave you that inspired verse of scripture, then you should come into it with an understanding. It's God's desire that you give with an expectation to receive. So because of teaching from the scripture and understanding the the message of prosperity and seed time and harvest, I'm able to benefit from that. I'm able to benefit from the truth that I have from God's word. As a result, my wife and I and my family were overwhelmingly blessed because we put the kingdom first. And that's a principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, If you put God first, he'll put you first. But if you don't believe like that, you won't live like that, and as a result, you'll suffer the consequences of revelation that you reject. So as we're going into this new year, I wanted to give you today 13 books that are phenomenal books. I mean, I've read every one of these, some of them many, many times. And I believe that the revelation you'll receive from these teachings in these books will lead you to a next level 2019. Well, why? Why do I say that? Because you'll gain revelation knowledge from these books, from proven ministers that will take you into manifestation. Understand this. When you receive God's word, in teaching or preaching form, even in Bible study form. It is fuel for supernatural increase. It is fuel for supernatural increase. God's word carries performance power. Why do I say that? Because God himself said it about his word. In Isaiah 55, you know he says to the prophet that my word when it comes out of my mouth does not return to me empty or void, but it accomplishes what I send it to do and prospers in the thing whereunto I have sent it. So see, even God understood that his word carried that kind of performance power. Paul the apostle in the book of Acts was addressing the elders in Ephesus and he said to them, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace or the word of grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. So I want you to understand, even Paul knew this, that the word of God has the ability to build you up and give you your inheritance. So there's a power that accompanies the word of God when you receive it in revelation that will build you to the next level and deliver to you spiritual inheritance in the natural realm. Now, it's interesting to understand this point because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one and verse three that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So there are no more blessings left to be blessed with. You've got them all according to Christ. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So there's nothing else. Now, the key is I've got to find a way to get those blessings from spiritual places or heavenly places and let them manifest in the natural realm because my healing does me no good if it's just left in heavenly places. My prosperity, my blessing does me no good if it's left in heavenly places. I need it here on earth so that I can benefit from it now. So the word of God is one of the avenues that allows you to pull your blessings out of spiritual places and manifest them in natural places. And so that's what Paul understood and taught that the word of God carries power to manifest the blessings and promises and inheritance of God on the earth. And that's what I'm believing will happen for you in 2019 is that as you read these books, that you'll gain revelation of God's word that you never have had before that will take you into next-level manifestation of God's power in this upcoming year. I'm so baffled by people, man. Like, I I recently had a guy even, even replying to me on uh, Facebook when I, I'm teaching about this. This was from last year. I was teaching something. He's still commenting a year later. And uh, he's like, no, all we should read is the Bible. Just read the Bible and obey it. Well, yes, I'm not saying books take the place of reading the Bible, genius. What I'm saying is, is that if you've got people who have been on the earth in the ministry for 40 years and they've spent those 40 years praying, fasting, studying, ministering, maybe after 40 years they've learned a thing or two about the scripture that you don't know. So, you have one of two choices. You can spend 40 years making it your full-time job to study, pray, fast, and minister, and then get those same things from the Holy Spirit that they did, or you can be intelligent and you could just take the teaching that they've gained the knowledge of over 40 years of dedication and benefit instantly From something that took them years to receive. It's like, you know, it's funny how no one in the world thinks like that. You know, it's so stupid. Like if you're doing any kind of job that has an apprenticeship or an internship or whatever, imagine if you were a plumber and you're like, you know what? I can find everything I need to know from a plumbing book. I don't need to talk to other plumbers. I don't need to be an apprentice to a plumber. I don't need to hear what they have to say about plumbing. No, you want to hear what they have to say. They've learned tricks of the trade over a lifetime of plumbing that instead of you having to search through books and get frustrated and do Google searches, you could just find it out from hearing and humbly receiving teaching from somebody that's done it for many, many many years. And not that's just done it, but done it with success and fruit to show. That's why I've chosen the ministers that I've chosen today is because these aren't just random ministers that are, you know, these are guys that have shaken the world and at the very least shaken their own nation. And they've all, by the way, shaken their world, not not just their nation. So, These are guys that are not just some, you know, average Joe that's, you know, no one knows who they are. These are people that governments knew who they were, that, you know, changed the face of their generation through what they did for God. So when I read what they have to say, I do it with the understanding these are men that, by the way, all lived holy lives throughout their whole lives, never a scandal, never falling into sin, never leaving the faith. These are men that had, um you know unquestionable character and integrity and then also had proof of God's power on their life and in their ministry and had valid obviously valid things to say i like what bishop david oyedepo once said he said every person needs an interpreter of the word And the reason he was saying that, it's not that we can't all hear from the Holy Spirit, it's the principle that I just explained to you that there are people who have spent hours and hours studying scripture, praying, fasting, and getting into the presence of God that have already received things from the Lord that they can deliver to you if you have enough wisdom to be humble and receive the teaching that they have for you. So I wanna give you 13 books for your next 12 months. And by the way, you're not going to want to miss next week's podcast on Monday because I'm going to be dealing with how to, and I haven't I haven't definitely put a, a title together yet, but I'm going to be dealing with how to make effective New Year's resolutions that you won't break and that you won't fall off of, but will, they will actually change your life In the next year, you know, it's crazy and I'll deal with this more next week, but it's insane that they, after doing uh, years of study on this subject, do you know, they've found out that people, they've actually named it, but they've, they found out that people before most of them, before January even comes to an end. And then the rest of them before the middle of February have broken one or all of their new year's uh, resolutions in just a month of the year, some of them a month and a half. They actually did a study where so they found out that so many, like 80-some percent of people had quit by a certain date that they called it Quitter's Day <laughs> in, a, in a recent study. So something's wrong when people want to make a change and have listed the changes they want to make and, over the next 12 months and can't even hang in there for one month. But resolutions are important and making changes in your life is important. So we're going to deal with next week how to make effective New Year's resolutions that you will stick to, be faithful to, and that will, all, that will definitely change your life. So you're not going to want to miss that uh, next week. But one of the things that you should be making a resolution of is that you will study more not only God's Word, but about God's Word in 2019. That needs to be your motto you need to make a make up in your mind, I'm going to get into the things of God more and not less. I tweeted something last year where I said, um, uh, this was in 2017, so I was tweeting it about this year, 2018, and I said, 2018 me, or excuse me, I said, 2017 me is not going to outfast, outpray, outstudy, or out give 2018 me. And I was just making it clear, even if only to myself, that my dedication to the kingdom is not going to decrease next year. It's going to increase. I'm not going to give more in the previous year than I do in the next year. I'm not going to pray more in the previous year than I did in the next year. I'm going to make sure that every year my dedication gets greater to the kingdom of God that I continually increase. Because here's the funny thing. Everybody wants God to continue to increase them, but they don't want to increase what they do for God. And to me, that's insanity. I want God to do more for me, but I don't want to do more for him. It's funny how many people pray hard that God will bless their family financially, but they won't even tithe. I want God to do much more for us. We're going to pray and really ask him for a miracle, but they won't even do the minimum base thing. And I made up in my mind I'm going to do more for God in the following years, not less for God. And you need to make the same uh, dedication in your mind that you're going to do more and not less. And so I want to give you 13 books today to read over the next 12 months. And why do I say 13 and 12? Because some of these books are not very long, and you could easily read two of them in a month without question. Some of them are they're shorter books and smaller books. So I'm going to give you 13 so that you have plenty of material to cover um, over the next 12 months. And I'm going to list all of these books um, in the description of the podcast with links. If I can get them on Amazon, links to Amazon, where to buy them so that you don't have to search all over. You can just go right in the description and get the list. And uh, start buying the book. And if there is an ebook of it available, I will make that clear in the list as well. But I want to jump in. Let's go. Uh, book number one that I recommend for everybody, even if you're not in the ministry, even if you're not a pastor, evangelist, whatever. I recommend this book so highly. It's a book by Bishop David Oyedepo that's entitled "Exploits in Ministry." Uh, I so highly recommend this book that I would say it's a book you should read every single year at the beginning of the year. I, I really feel like this is one of the greatest books that he has released in his ministry. And here's the deal. He's released, I believe at this point, over 200 books, which is amazing. It's a phenomenal feat to release over 200 books, but... I believe that exploits in ministry may be the greatest book he's ever written. Um, if you don't understand exploits, we don't really use that word as much anymore. It just means notable achievements, doing something worth talking about. That's what an exploit is. It's something that's notable. It's it's an achievement that's worth talking about and uh, how to do those types of things in ministry. And I truly believe that you could carry over every one of these principles into business and into life. When I look at these things, you could carry them all over into business and into life. And uh, it's a pretty substantial book as far as, I think it's probably 300 and some, 400 pages. Good, good. And and I'm telling you, one of the things that as I read this, it's not just well laid out where it's it's organized so that you can understand how he, he's doing what he's doing. But as you read it and as he tells the stories, it's so faith building to see someone's desire and dedication for more. You know, it should be said, if you don't know who Bishop David Oyedepo is, because I'm gonna give you two other books by him in this list, if you don't know who he is, he pastors the largest church building, I should say, the largest crowd in the world. You know, there's there's others that are probably close, but I'm talking in one location week after week. He has a sanctuary that seats 55,000 people, with two tents outside that seat 40,000 more people. So a total of 95,000 in a service and does five Sunday morning services every week. He's preaching to close to a half a million people live, not to mention, because they live stream all the services, so not to mention all the people they're live streaming to that watch around the world, but just in his location, almost a half a million people clearly over a quarter of a million every Sunday. They're getting ready to build an auditorium that's going to seat 100,000 people. (laughs) To me, that's insane. You think about a 100,000 seat sanctuary and you're still going to have to have multiple services, which is insane. But this is a man who I've read about him that when he was pastoring a church that had 5,000 people in it. You know, 5,000 people in a church is nothing to sneeze at. That's a large church in any country, in any country. It's in the United States. You'd be like in the top 1% of the top 1% if you had a church of 5,000 people that were in attendance. When he had a church of 5,000, he became so disgusted with it that he fasted and prayed and fasted and prayed to, to the point where his wife was worried about him. And she said, you better stop fasting so much and praying. You're gonna, you'll end up dying. And you know what his answer was? His answer was, I would rather die than have a church this small. Think about that. I'd rather die than have a church this small. How small? 5,000 people. How many people would be just satisfied the rest of their lives with just having a 5,000-member congregation coming in every Sunday preaching to 5,000 people? I think pretty much everybody would be satisfied. He was disgusted and fasted and prayed to the point now where he's preaching to close to 500,000 people every single Sunday. So his book on how to, you know, you're not like reading a book from a guy on how to produce exploits that has never had an exploit. This is a guy who lives with notable achievements, had property given to him when he was getting ready to form a university. He, he had one of his guys go out and said, go, look at, go stand by and look at this property. And uh, the guy went out to look at the property. And as he's standing there, the man that owns the property comes by. And he said, I'm here for my, my bishop. He wants to uh, he wants to purchase this property. He said, no, it's not for sale. He said, well, it's for our, it's for our university school. He said, well, if in that case, I'm giving it to you. And gave them the entire property with all the buildings and everything on it. Just exploit after exploit. And uh, this is a man who knows what he's talking about. They've had people raised from the dead, documented that were already embalmed and wrapped in, you know, I mean, it's like supernatural things all the time. And so this book, Exploits in Ministry, one of the things I love about it, um, in the book, he has a section called The Ladder of Exploits. And he deals with step-by-step process of what he did in order to experience those types of results in ministry. And I believe they'll apply easily to business, life, family, relationships, whatever. I highly encourage you to grab Exploits in Ministry. Number two is the book Soul Winning by T.L. Osborne. If you don't know who T.L. Osborne was, probably one of the greatest missionary apostle evangelists in the history of the world, uh, held mass crusades in over 70 nations of the world. When I say mass crusades, I'm talking about for anywhere from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people in attendance, depending on where he was in the world. Many, many miraculous healings and so many souls saved in his ministry. And a man who understood the love of God, a man that understood God's love for souls. And understand, whatever anybody may preach or think or teach, souls clearly are God's number one priority on the earth. Clearly are. More than anything else, God desires souls to be saved for the kingdom. And in this book, Soul Winning, you will gain such a love for people and a compassion for people. It'll change your life. Understand, God gets behind people who get behind soul winning. Because it's God's number one priority and agenda, when you align yourself with God's agenda and priority, then He will push you forward. Because understand this: there's already so few people. When I say so few people, I mean it's. <laughs> think about the fact that, you know, the world has seven. They say over seven billion people living in it. Of the seven billion, only about 1.2 to 1.8 billion are some form of Christian, and that includes the Catholics. So if you were to take away Catholicism, you're in the hundreds of millions now of people who are evangelical Protestant, I should say Protestant Christians that are not Catholic. So you're now down into the hundreds of millions of people. Of those, they tell us only about maybe 300 million are spirit-filled, tongue-talking Pentecostal believers. Of those, how many do you think are actually actively engaged in winning the lost? I guarantee you it's not many because they tell us even in America where there's there's not even any persecution for Christianity, they say the average church has 60 people or less in it meaning it's not a church involved in or interested in evangelism or the winning of souls or the keeping of souls. And they tell us somewhere around 80% of churches won't even have one conversion in their church in a year's time. So with the population of the earth being 7 billion 300 and some million spirit-filled Christians of those in a nation where there's not even persecution, we're not even seeing conversions like we should, it's a sign that people have gotten self-centered and they're not interested in souls like God wants them to be. So when I say there's very few people doing the job, I understand you might be able to look around at, at, at there's several ministers that are making serious impact around the world, but I'm talking about the body of Christ at large because soul winning is not a job just for preachers. It's the job of every believer. And so that's why this book is so powerful, is that every one of us are called and anointed to win souls. And you'll never do something that you don't have a compassion for or a passion for. Uh, And you'll never oppose something that you don't have a hatred for. So that's why it was so wonderful when God gave Lester Summerall that vision of people that were like lemmings, that were all following each other in one direction, like droning on. And they didn't even know as they were walking, they were walking to the edge of a cliff and he could see them as they all walked towards the edge of the cliff and then fell off and plummeted to their death in the flames of hell. And he said in the vision, he could hear their screams and smell their flesh and hair burning. And forever, it changed his mind about soul winning. And from that moment on, he had a compassion for souls like he had never had before. You'll never oppose something you don't hate and you'll never go after something you don't have passion for. So number two, soul winning, it is a must have. Number three, it's the price of God's miracle working power by A.A. A. Allen, who was a powerful minister during the voice of healing after World War II came to an end in the 1940s and 50s. Set up his tent all over America, preached around the world, had many, many documented creative miracles take place. They brought him one time a boy who had no bones in his legs. They called him the monkey boy. He had no bones in his legs. He sat him on the pulpit in front of the whole crowd, took his legs, took that little boy's legs, and bent them in every direction like Gumby. No bones. And then he held the boy in his arms and preached. And at the end of the service, he went back to the platform and sat the, set the boy down on his own feet. And the boy began to walk across the stage back to Brother Allen. I mean, creative miracles, supernatural miracles. But see, early in his ministry, he wasn't seeing miracles like he wanted to see them. And so as a result he began to fast and pray. He said, I know there's got to be an answer to see the supernatural things that I want to see take place in my life and ministry. And Jesus finally met with him when he saw his hunger and gave him a list of things that needed to be done. And they're included in the book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. You need that book. It's phenomenal. I take it with me uh, almost everywhere. I have it in my bag because it's, it's not a huge book, but it's, it's something you could keep in your purse, something you could keep in your briefcase and refer to or read a uh, phenomenal book. So you got to get that. The Price of God's Miracle-Working Power by A.A. Allen. Number four, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Lester Sumrall. This was his teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And I mean, you talk about a man who did supernatural things. This is a man who who <laughs> supernaturally got things done that no one had even ever done before. I mean, when God gave him a vision to begin to feed the hungry all around the world when he saw the poverty and saw people that were in need, he realized that taking food overseas by cargo ship was going to take far too long. You know, it was and you know much of the food would go bad by the time it got to where they were going. I mean, things like that. He said I've got to have a massive plane to take this food around the world. And at the time when he realized that, the C 130 cargo jet that was a military plane was not yet declassified. So he literally stood in front of uh, the government and said, I want you to declassify the plans for the C 130 cargo plane so that I can buy one. And literally, they declassified the plans for him and he was the first civilian in history to purchase a C-130 cargo plane to feed the hungry around the world. You talk about operating by the gift of faith and the working of miracles. I mean, this man was doing supernatural things for God throughout his entire life. A man who knew Smith Wigglesworth personally and was imparted to by him, uh, knew Howard Carter, personally and was imparted to by him. This was a man who did so many supernatural things for the kingdom. He's got books and books of miracles. Uh that that and maybe I'll do another list of books that are just in faith building inspirational stories. But the ones I'm giving you today are more teaching about subjects. But he has books that are filled with personal miracles that God did for his ministry and for him. Uh, and so I'm telling you, his teaching on the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit is a must-have. You've got to grab it. The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Lester Sumrall. Number five is a book by Kenneth Hagin that every believer, if you've never read it, it's a short read, but you've got to read it. It's called The Believer's Authority, The Believer's Authority, that you don't have to take what comes in life. That because of what Jesus did, you've been empowered supernaturally to have dominion on this earth. You don't have to put up with anything thrown at you by a demonic force, by sickness, by disease, by anything Jesus died to redeem you from. You've got power and you've got authority in your words and by faith to control the outcome of your life supernaturally. And that's not a long book but you can grab it and quickly get through it and it will impact you. It's impacted so many people around the world and I believe it'll do the same for you. That's The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagan. Number six, Prayer That Brings Revival by Dr. Paul young Cho. Prayer That Brings Revival. If you're not familiar with the Brownsville Revival, it was a revival that took place in the 90s in uh, Pensacola, Florida. And Dr. Cho was praying in Korea in his office, and he said, God, show me where the next revival will take place on the earth. And the Lord said to him, spin your globe. And he went to the globe in his office and spun it, and he said, now put your finger down. And he put his finger down, and his globe stopped, and his finger rested on Pensacola, Florida, a place that he'd never really heard of or done any study about. And he began to study it and find out more about Pensacola, Florida, but then he got up in his church week after week, and he began to prophesy, revival is coming to Pensacola, Florida. And John Kilpatrick, who pastored the Assemblies of God Church there in Pensacola, heard Dr. Cho prophesying that all the way from Korea and believed it. He received the prophecy, and he believed it, and he canceled his Sunday night services, and began to call prayer services on Sunday night instead of church services. And for over a year, they prayed and prayed and prayed. He even said people left his church over it. But they prayed and prayed. They said, you're getting too much into prayer, as if that's a thing. But prayed and prayed and prayed. Until one Sunday morning, he had in evangelist Steve Hill, who preached, and that Sunday revival broke out in the church and lasted, and lasted, and lasted, and lasted, and lasted. And people flew in from all over the world to be a part of the Brownsville revival. I have friends that went to the Brownsville uh, School of Ministry that was the Bible school they launched, that were launched into ministry from that revival. And I'm just telling you, it shook this nation, and it shook people from other nations, but that revival was birthed, in prayer, and there is prayer that will bring not only revival on the earth, but personal revival to your life, and if there's anybody that you can listen to that would teach or write on the subject of prayer, Dr. Cho is a man of prayer and fasting and built Prayer Mountain there in Korea where they have grottos where they will go and spend days just praying, individual little areas where people can go and pray and fast, just supernatural, and uh, this this is a man. I mean, that this when he's writing on prayer, it's so convicting to hear the things that he says about you know the difference between what people are like in the United States and there in Korea in regards to prayer that they prioritize their lives and their time so that there's time for prayer and so that they have strength and ability to pray. And uh, just when you read it, just the first chapter alone will convict your heart uh, to be a greater person of prayer. So that's number six, Prayer That Brings Revival by Dr. Paul Young Cho. Number seven, these next two are about uh, what I believe is one of the most important aspects of the life of any believer, and that's being led by the Spirit of God in every decision. And so number seven is how you can be led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth Hagin and uh, tells some phenomenal stories in that book of how God led him through his life and ministry, and even in times when the country looked like it was gonna be in bad shape financially, God told him things to do ahead of time that would protect him, and um, just a phenomenal book on how the Holy Spirit of God will lead you and guide you in every decision in your life. So that is um, number seven. Number eight, is by Bishop David Oyedepo. Again, a smaller book. It's called Understanding Divine Direction. Understanding Divine Direction. Although a small book, I've probably highlighted (laughs) every line in this book. And um, the final chapter, by the way, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but this final chapter of this book is probably one of the most convicting chapters. I thought I was like... Chapters of any book I've ever read, I was going through. I was like, "Yeah, this is great. This is really good." Then I hit that last chapter, and I was like, "Man, why did he have to put this in here? So convicting, so good, and uh, understanding divine direction by Bishop David Oyadepo." And I'll say this: um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rearrange this one and bring it from another position. But the next book, because it goes along with this subject, is a is another book by Dr. Paul E. Cho. And it's a book called The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. And he talks about in the book not just the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit, but how every morning that he invites the Holy Spirit to go along with him and to help him make decisions and to guide his actions and to empower him to do what he's called to do. And uh, once again, if you heard everything I said about Dr. Cho, this is a book you need. The Holy Spirit my senior partner. That's book number nine. Book number 10, Understanding Financial Prosperity by Bishop David Oyedepo. This is like literally one of the, it's not one of the, it is the best book on prosperity that I think has ever been printed. Honestly, I I honestly believe that. This book I believe is well over 400 pages. It is a full out guide. Because understand, it it doesn't just, I mean, the book's like that long and only a small portion of it actually talks about sowing and reaping. But one of the things I appreciate about this book is that he gets into all of the other aspects that produce financial prosperity or hold it back from someone's life. And so the book is filled with practical, useful, biblical information on how to walk in financial prosperity in every area of your life. If this, listen, this book should be in every believer's library. I can't stress enough how highly I recommend understanding financial prosperity. It is a phenomenal book, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, book number, what are we on now? 11, Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. Sickness and disease are evil. They are of the devil. And too many Christians have remained sick or allowed sickness to stay in their life. Some because maybe they just don't, you know, have teaching on the subject of sickness and disease. But this book, Healing the Sick, not only will it give you a greater understanding of healing, but it'll give you a hatred for sickness and disease. And uh, it'll put you in a position of faith to stand and believe for your healing. As I said, a man who saw so many miracles and healings take place over the course of his ministry, this book will clearly change your life. Healing the Sick by Dr. T.L. Osborne. Phenomenal book. Book number 12. Now, this book is a little bit more, I don't even know how to say it. It's a You have to get it. But it's, it's more of a, um, it's kind of more textbooky if, I, if that's even a phrase, a textbooky, but it's needed because, and, and let me tell you why. Um, the book, by the way, is called Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman. Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman. The reason I'm recommending this book to you is because I can't tell you how many Christians I've run into that do not understand Proper doctrine. You know, they don't understand proper doctrine. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like, what do I mean when I say that? Well, they don't understand the doctrine. Uh, you know, doctrine is just a teaching about a subject, a teaching about a subject. So, what do we teach and believe about subjects in the Bible? The doctrines of Scripture, like salvation, healing, the rapture, end times. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, all of the basic water baptism, the scriptures. What do we believe about these doctrines of scripture? And I can't tell you how many Christians I've run into that don't understand the doctrines of the scripture. It's one of the main reasons that I launched Miracle Word University to teach the doctrines of scripture from a Pentecostal perspective because. I can't tell you how many people that don't—they just don't understand it. If you ask somebody, uh, "Do you believe Jesus is a healer?" Oh yeah, yeah, I, I do. I believe He's a healer. Okay, why do you believe it? Well, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think our church believes it. I think my pastor preaches on. It. That's not an answer, and that won't that won't allow you to walk in healing in your own life. You've got to understand the actual teaching on divine healing. You have to understand from Scripture why we believe Jesus is a healer and furthermore, why we believe healing is available to us today. I mean, think of it this way. If somebody, and here's why. As Peter wrote in First Peter, he said, always be ready to give an answer to those that you know ask or have questions about the hope that we have, the eternal hope that we have. Well, if somebody were to ask you about why you believe about a certain thing, You know, why do you believe that, you know, in divine healing, you should be able to make a case from scripture, like a lawyer, you should, you should be able to make a case for redemption I say, well, the reason I believe in it is because the Bible teaches, number one, you can go through it. Number one, the Bible teaches sickness and disease are the result of a curse, curse from disobedience. It's something that stems from sin. Number two, I believe that sickness and disease because of that is evil. Uh, number three, I believe that Christ came, and in his in his life he spent his ministry in life not only teaching the word of God but healing the sick and treating sickness and disease like an enemy. And then when he died, he took stripes upon his back to purchase our healing, and then gave us power to heal the sick. You know, I, you go you have to be able to go through and create a case for what you believe about the Bible. You have to know what you believe, and this book is a phenomenal reference guide that's broken down subject by subject on the doctrines of the scripture with all verses and scriptures included on why we believe what we believe. It's called Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman. And finally, I want to recommend to you um, the book that I wrote entitled Blood on the Door. I've had so many testimonies come back from people that have said, I've never even heard about this kind of stuff. I didn't even know you could believe like that. Um, the, the fact that we have a protective power in our covenant with God, that we don't have to take life as it comes, that because of the, I mean, think about this. If you go back to the first Passover, when God sent a death angel from heaven to kill any firstborn uh, babies or livestock I mean, even if the person was an adult and they were the firstborn, they were gonna die unless they had the blood of the lamb on their door. And when that blood of a natural lamb was put on the doorpost of that home, a spiritual force called the death angel had to take a look at that blood and pass by that house and was not allowed to touch anyone in the house. And that was just the blood of a natural lamb. Think about the fact that we have the blood Of our supernatural eternal Lamb, Jesus Christ, on the door of our home. And when you learn how to access that power and put it into uh, action in your own life and family, listen, there's no evil thing that has a right to touch you or your family. And so many people are struggling with things they shouldn't have to struggle with. And that's why God gave this to me in a time of fasting and prayer, this book, Blood on the Door. And I'm telling you, it will change your life and your perspective. My family has been a beneficiary of this power for three generations, beginning with my grandfather, down to my father and his brothers, my uncles, and then their children. Every one of us, we don't spend time in the hospital. We're not sick, we're not diseased, we're seeing miracles take place. Times that people have been sent to kill different members of my family. Those people couldn't even get close to touch or mess with them. Power of God takes over. Why? There is such a thing as the protective power of covenant. I, I documented in this book, Blood on the Door, with plenty of stories and examples, scriptural references. This book will change your life. I'm getting ready to have this book translated into Spanish as well as Portuguese, as I'm getting ready to go overseas in 2019, and I truly believe in this book with all my heart that it needs to be in the hand of every believer that I come across. I just recently preached at Valor Bible College, that is the Bible college that was founded by uh, Pastor Rod Parsley, and I, I I believe in this book so much, even for those that are getting getting ready to go into the ministry. I made sure that our office sent a box of these books, and I didn't, I didn't want to sell them. I wanted to give one, put them into the hand of every student that I could. That's how much I believe in this message of blood on the door. So I encourage you highly to grab it. These 13 books will change your mind and your spirit and your faith for a next level 2019. And I believe that's going to be your story in Jesus' name. Let me pray for every one of you today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you would give us a hunger and a desire for your word and to pray and to win the lost and to do what we're called to do in 2019. Let our hearts and our spirits be open to receive new revelation from your word And from these mighty men of God in 2019, I thank you that we're gonna have the greatest year we've ever had because of our dedication to the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you to open doors for every man and woman listening to this. Let it be the most fruitful and impactful year they've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and give you praise. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to share this on your social media. Send me a message on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook Messenger. Send it to me by email, ted at miracleword.com. I love to hear from you guys. And I'll talk to you again next week. But don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at w www.miracleword.com